you know, whether it was the recipe of something grandma always made, I've got to find that. We've got to do that. We, and quite honestly, the secret recipe may have just been her love. You know, um, it, you're most of the time, you're just not going to be able to fully replicate um, those experiences, those feelings. Um, and I think that's probably one of the biggest things that, that I come across is is just helping people not put so much pressure on themselves to, to keep your expectations of yourself, keep your, your own expectations of what you can do, what you want to do, what you should do, keep them reasonable. Welcome to the With You at Every Step podcast. We address your healthcare questions and help you navigate life's challenges. Our guests share their expertise and real-world advice related to care for older adults, grief and healing, and pregnancy and parenting. Every Step is a nonprofit healthcare and human services organization offering dozens of programs that are there when people need us most. Learn more about our free and low-cost services at everystep.org. Thank you for listening. Here is our host, Polly Carver-Kim. And welcome to today's episode of With You at Every Step. We're talking about grief during the holidays. And uh, Gordon Hawkins is with us. Gordon, thanks for being on the program again today. Oh, my privilege, Polly. Thank you. We're so lucky to have uh, folks like Gordon who are so helpful um, to so many individuals. You're a bereavement counselor. or No, you are a spiritual care counselor, as well as someone who helps those who are grieving the death of someone. And um, we're going to touch on exactly what that means to be a spiritual care counselor in a moment. But uh, I want to bring up a study that I saw recently. Um, it was done in 2021, but it said something like uh, it's 36 percent of 2000 people surveyed. 36 percent said they didn't even want to celebrate any of the holidays because uh, they were grieving the loss of someone. And I imagine that's something that that you deal with during this time of year. Yeah. And it. It's so hard. Um our culture has kind of gone through a shift where even if you talk about funerals uh, that most of us grew up with as a visitation the night before and a funeral the next day, you know, so much of that has changed. Um, unfortunately, it has also made it harder sometimes to grieve and to go through a mourning process. Um, but, but yeah, it's, it's such a hard time. And it, it makes it makes it hard to be prepared for. That makes me that just prompted a question in my mind because um, we do call what used to be called funeral services now a celebration of life, and of course it is celebrating the life of someone you loved. Um, but but when we put it in those terms, does it make it harder for someone to say, "Well, I don't really feel like celebrating. I'm I'm very sad." Yeah, I I think. Sometimes with traditions, we we downplay it a little bit because we've forgotten why they're so important. Um, and, you know, things do need to change from time to time. Um, but some of those traditions are important because they do put us in a place where we're able to acknowledge that I've had loss and this hurts and it's hard. And I need people to know that. And I need a safe place to be able to mourn. Um, and... And so even with the celebration of life, I encourage folks, you know, 
make sure you acknowledge what has happened. Make sure you acknowledge it hurts and you'll celebrate their life, of course, in the memories and the stories, but give yourself room to acknowledge that this just hurts. That really is, a, as you said, sort of a an issue in a, a bigger issue of society where um, everything is instant. <laughs> I mean, instantly you could connect to someone on the internet or through FaceTime or got text messaging. Um, we want everything instantly. And grief is certainly not an instant process to go through. No, it is. Um, this is not new with me. I don't couldn't tell you who said it, but you know, the grief is not a destination; it's a journey. Um, and I think even as we, you know, folks, most folks are acquainted with the, you know, the stages of grief, um, what of what denial and anger um, to bargain, depression and acceptance. And I think over time that became that okay I've I've done I've done this part and I'll do this part I'll do this part do this part and then I'm done. Well, even the author of those stages never intended for it to be linear like that. It was just the the reality of the different steps that are a part of the grieving process. And yeah, especially at the holidays, you can go through all of them <laughs> at at different different parts and times, and it's. It, it's not something that is just over and done with. And, and I think we need to learn, almost need to relearn how to grieve sometimes. No, I totally agree. I, th- I think, you know, in those stages that you talked about, you can have two of them at the exact same time. Yeah, yeah. You can accept it and still be angry that it happened. Yeah. So we need to, I think, grant people a little grace there to yeah. grieve individually. And that's another key point about grief, especially during the holidays, is everyone is going to handle it differently. Yeah. Yeah. Be patient with yourself. Um, and if you are, you know, going to be with someone who's lot, you know, be patient with them. Um, no matter, no matter how hard we want things to be the same, don't put an expectation on yourself that it's got to be perfect. Um, yeah. Our, our memories have a way of telling us that Oh man, everything was so perfect back then when it probably wasn't. <laughs> um, but no matter how hard we try to make it perfect, we're just putting so much pressure on ourselves um, or on our our loved ones when we just we just need to be together and acknowledge what's happened. I read a really what you just said reminded me of a an article I read um, about a person who had a father that was not a good father and she did not have a close relationship with him. And and frankly, he was kind of a mean person and he passed away. um, But she was still grieving the loss of her father. And so she was surrounded by people who said, well, aren't you, you know, why are you grieving? And they didn't seem to understand that, that it's very complicated. And I think a lot of people go through that. You know, we, like you said, we like to try to uh, make it seem maybe better than it was, uh, but it's it's okay to even have those feelings if it's somebody who you weren't that super close with. Yeah, it um, it may even be grieving the reality that there wasn't the relationship you wanted. There could be different, many different levels to that kind of grief, um, and and being able to just acknowledge that reality but some I've come to to learn you know both personally and through this job that 
it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter what that relationship, doesn't always matter what that relationship was like. It's still mom and dad, grandpa and grandma. It, it's still family. Yes. It still hurts. That That's another great point. Um, because you'll often hear when uh, when an older parent passes away, you know, and they've been blessed to live 80, 90 years um, of the kind of the feeling of, well, I mean, they were 90 years old. You're kind of expecting it, were you? And that doesn't do what you just said. That doesn't take away from the fact that, well, that was my parent. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's just a fact. It's 90 years of memories. <laughs> yeah, even more. That's a yeah. great point. A great point. Um, so as we are dealing with people in our lives, friends, loved ones, uh, even sometimes someone you don't know well, maybe a coworker who just seems off and you don't realize maybe that they're grieving someone. Um, how do those of us who are dealing with somebody else who is dealing with grief, I'm using the word dealing a lot here, um, how, how can we help them get through what's expected to be a, a very difficult period? I, I remember the personal story is uh, I had a, a friend who whose uh, spouse had passed away. And I happened to remember on the day that it occurred, the death occurred, it popped into my head, oh, this is the day so-and-so passed away. I just texted him really quick. Hey, I know this is a hard day for you. I'm just thinking of you. It meant the world to that person. So sometimes I think we feel like we have to hide from grief. We don't want to make them feel worse. But I'm guessing that's not the case. Um, I think so often people struggle with, what do I say? How do I know the right thing to say? If you can't think of anything, don't worry about it. Just be there. Um, probably one of the, the one of the most important things that we can do is just be present. Um, and kind of like you were alluding to there, just acknowledge, hey, you know, I know this is the anniversary or this is going to be the first holiday or the first birthday without whoever it may be. Um, just know I'm here for you. You know, your mind may be going around 100, 100 miles an hour. What should I say? How should I say it? I'm here for you. Um, thinking of you today, um, giving them room then to, to share a story or share a memory or not, if they're, if that's just where they're at, but just, just for them to know that somebody cared enough to ask, um, and to give them room to be, to be safe, giving them room to, uh, to share a good memory um, to reflect that way or room to be sad. Um, and, um, even times to, depending on you know, the family situation or the dynamic, um, inviting them along to something, Hey, we're going to go, go look at the lights. You want to go with us, you know? Um, and don't be offended if they turn it down, if they're just not there, but you never know, they just might, it might be just what they need. Um, but I think the biggest thing is just being available. Well, and whether you say anything or not, you're not reminding that person of something they don't already remember, right? Yeah, yeah. So you're not yeah. going to make them feel worse um, by just expressing some caring um, because they're already thinking of that person during the holidays yeah. or really any time. 
Yeah, yeah, that's a great point. Just to just to know they got somebody with them. What do you, um, as a bereavement counselor, what is one of the main things that uh, you encounter with with families or individuals who are grieving, especially during the holidays? What what do they ask for, or what do they have difficulty with? Um, I think in my experience, it really has been something we kind of talked about before is struggling with reasonable expectations of what things are going to look like. Um, you know, whether it was the recipe of something grandma always made, I've got to find that. We've got to do that. We've, and quite honestly, the secret recipe may have just been her love. You know, um, it, you're most of the time, you're just not going to be able to fully replicate um, those experiences, those feelings. Um, and I think that's probably one of the biggest things that, that I come across is, is just helping people not put so much pressure on themselves to, to keep your expectations of yourself Keep your your own expectations of what you can do, what you want to do, what you should do. Keep them reasonable. And it's okay if you don't really want to do the things that you used to do. And maybe maybe next year you will feel that way, but you just sort of have to go with how you're feeling right now, right? Yeah, and there may be acknowledging um, when when my parents passed, there were just some traditions we couldn't anymore because the house was gone. You know. And to acknowledge that, you know, there are just some of these things where we just can't do anymore. But we will do, you know, like you said, what we feel like, what we can, what, what's really important to us um, in, in cherishing those most important things. That is such a great point because it just stirred, a, stirred up something in me that, uh, you know, my parents both had to move out of the house that I grew up in and our whole family I mean, lived there for decades and decades and decades, probably 60 or 70 years. And I I grieved the loss of that house. I mean, I had great childhood memories there. In fact, I haven't been able to drive by the house in my hometown since the day we finished moving things out. And and so sometimes it's it's the person you're missing, obviously, but it is the other things too. The the I excuse me, the items or the traditions, those come along with that too. Yeah. And I think that's especially hitting into the holidays or any of the first, you know, that the first birthday, the first anniversary, but, but any of the holidays, it doesn't matter how many years it may have been. Um, I think that's why it's important to recognize that, that grief is a journey and it's a process that it can be out of the blue, a, a smell, um, a sound, a song, that one particular holiday movie, uh, anything can just, Where'd that emotion come? You know, where are these tears coming from? Where, where is that sorrow? Come? Well, it, it's just that grief process that was, you know, today's, you know, was triggered by that, what seemed to be an innocent circumstance. Um, and, and just acknowledging that, hey, there's, there's still grief. It's still, still an empty, empty spot. Uh, Gordon, as a spiritual care counselor with Every Step, I think it's important for, for everyone to know what that entails. Um, as we think of spiritual care, we often think of pastors or, you know, uh, church workers. And although, you know, you certainly do deal with people of, of you know, different faiths, 
um, it's not limited to one one faith or one uh, you know uh, kind of of Christian faith. You you cater to everyone's spiritual care. Is that correct? Yeah, it's very much a part of our company's recognition of of whole person care. Um, that our our nurses lead the care of a particular patient. Our aides take care of much of the hands on. Um, our social workers provide emotional support and plethora of other things. <laughs> um, but it's our privilege to to help people with the soul care, um, the your spirit, um, that part of us that manifests different kinds of pain um, that medicine can't touch. Um, sometimes pain that can only be dealt with by finding someone that you can trust and talk to. Um, and yes, we, none of us as, as chaplains, spiritual care counselors in our company, none of us represent any particular church or denomination. It, it truly is a privilege just to meet people where they're at, come alongside of them, help them to determine what, what are my goals? What are my needs? Um, and, and a lot of that comes from building a relationship over time, getting to know them, um, building that trust where they begin to, whether it's walking through maybe just some pain they need to walk through or, or some memories, or maybe they're very solid in their faith, um, but they just want some support. Um, but it's just a privilege to, to provide whatever that needs to look like for that patient and their family. And it's important to note, too, that we're talking about grieving after the death of a loved one. But as a spiritual care counselor, you're there through the entire hospice process for the family and the patient, too. Um, It's not just you come in at the end. Uh, You really do go the whole journey. And uh, I think that's one of the reasons why we encourage people. And I know it's a hard process when the term hospice comes up. And so, you know, when when a doctor or family begins to talk about that, you know, it's important to understand what hospice really is about, that it's not about death. It's about getting the most out of life that you can, the time that you have. And um, and so we encourage folks to, you know, to be a part of hospice as soon as it's available so that we can be building these relationships. Um, our nurses can really get to know your physical needs well helping manage symptoms as they come along, being ready for them when they come along. Our, our aides will know their families very well and being able to provide such professional but intimate care. Um, and then the same thing with the social workers and ourselves as spiritual care counselors, to know the families as we are walking through that relationship. And then as, as things do begin to change and, and death does become close, we have a better understanding of the family and what they were wanting and what they need. Um, and sometimes that does involve us being there. Um, there are particular things maybe they have asked for um, or want us to be involved in, and, and that is a, a treasured, sacred honor. But sometimes it's the recognition that they don't necessarily need or want us there at the end. And so we support them in that and support whoever is going to be there. What an incredible uh, team of of experts we have for our hospice care. I mean, you really cater to the entire the entire family, the entire patient. It's just very whole. It's everything you need. Yeah, it uh, 
truly the the most fulfilling, rewarding experience ever been a part of. Um, and I, I cherish every day I get to do this. How long have you been with Every Step, Gordon? Um, it'll be seven years, seven years in March. Oh, that's wonderful. Seven years of a lot of memories, I'm sure. Oh, it's just fascinating the people we get to meet and <laughs> yeah. to be to be uh, trusted with their stories is is incredible. Well, we're lucky to have you. Um, any last parting words uh, to maybe you want to help someone who is grieving or someone who's trying to help another person that you want to add? Uh, I guess I would would go back to one thought that we had that that um, don't let someone else's jer- grief journey define yours. Um, even even what I've shared today, I hope it helps. I hope it maybe gives you some, some ideas, some validation of maybe what you're feeling or concerned about heading into it. Um, but the journey needs to be yours, and, and so make it yours. Um, invite people into it as you need to, but if it's time that you just need to be alone and reflect, that's okay. Um, make it your journey, uh, make it what you need it to be. Um, and then if you're coming alongside someone else, just give them that space, just be there for them and with them. That's great advice. Gordon, thanks for being on the show today. We appreciate it. Oh, it's a privilege, Polly. Thank you so much. Gordon Hawkins is a spiritual care counselor with Every Step. And as we're talking about grief uh, and loss, please know that Every Step has a whole slate of free grief and loss uh, support groups, of resources, of events. You can find out about those and ask for help for yourself or a loved one by going to our website, which is everystep.org slash care, C-A-R-E, everystep.org slash care. There's a little form to fill out online, takes just a minute, um, and then a person from every step will call you back and, and get you set up with the resources you need. Thanks again for tuning in to With You at Every Step, and I'm Polly Carver-Kim. <laughs>